welcome to a Conversations of Change podcast with Dr. Jen Fram. You're listening to an eight-minute shock for a sharp hit of change. Why eight minutes? Because sometimes ten minutes is hard to find. Hello, everybody. It's been a while since I've done uh, one of our shocks, our sharp hit of change. So today I'm delighted to be here with Nicholas Martin, which uh, for those of you who have seen our YouTube video on agile change practices, you will recognise the voice uh, as we go forward in this eight-minute interview. Nick, tell us, what are you working on right now at the moment? Hey, Jen. Um, I'm working on a um, the creation of a digital customer journey, a bit of a partnership between um, NAB and REA, which will see uh, a new end-to-end experience for customers via one of the digital channels. So it's super exciting. That sounds pretty flash. So from a change management perspective, how does that differ from stuff you've done before? Um, it's, It's really about amplifying a lot of the good stuff that's being done at the moment um, and really um, drawing on, on this as a, as a proof point for um, both organisations' commitment to their customers' experience. Excellent. Tell us, how did you get into the space of change management? What was your entry point? Um, I think probably like a lot of people, I um, sort of moved into a, a quasi-project project management role, a very um, some very small projects to start with. And um, on these projects, I was getting um, getting people involved and, and taking um, a lot of time with the communication and engagement aspects. And um, they, they were going quite well. And at the time, um, the guy that I was working for, he actually asked me, would I mind helping out and taking over some of those activities for one of my um, peer project managers? And so I, I started doing that. And after a while, we had a, a performance discussion and um, and we agreed to creating a role that focused primarily on that. And I didn't know what it was called at the time, but <laughs> it was a change manager role. Yeah. Um, so I started looking after um, the, the engagement and the communication aspects and sort of understanding what impacts these projects would have on, on the day-to-day jobs of, of, of people who were going to be hit by the projects. And then it just kind of grew quite naturally from there. So you've gone on further in terms from a accreditation and, and how have you continued to develop yourself in the change space? I guess um, I'm a big reader. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've done a lot of reading and, and I guess following people socially on, um, that I like. But I have, um, I've attended a couple of different, I guess, courses. I um, particularly um, liked the ProSite course, mm-hmm. um, which, I, you know, I can be quite structured at times. So I took a lot of that away from Stop Kickling Jen. <laughs> I, um, I took a lot of the process side of that away. And it was good to give some of the things that I felt I was naturally doing to give them a name. So I really like the ProSite um, one. And that sort of balanced out the, the sort of the Prince 2 project sort of stuff that I've done in the past before as well. Excellent. So a few years down the track now, and obviously with quite a few large changes under your belt, what's your advice to those wanting to go into change management? Um, I think start doing it. Maybe um, maybe don't wait for the title or the position of a change manager to start, um, to start showing um, what you can do in that space so you know start getting people involved start thinking about what the impacts of your changes might be Um, communicate and you might not be able to communicate this using this channel but use the one that you can I just 
just give it a go, I think. Have a crack. Yeah. Excellent. Nick, can you tell us about a time um, when you had a really successful change and why do you think it was that it was so successful? Um, obviously the one that we gave the talk about <laughs> together, um, I'd like to bang on about that. But I might think of another one today. Um, there was a, a project not long before um, the one that we did together. Um, I was working with, um, again, it was a um, the rollout of a, a unified um, digital platform within an organisation. And I think it was a really exciting project. It was, it was long anticipated by people. Um, it was received really well. And I think the reason that it was received really well was shortly after the initial release, how quickly we could respond to what the feedback was. And we had an incredibly involved sponsor um, and working together, we could create this sort of roadmap of what was next. And it really allowed us to put the conversation around not solving everything all at one go, but this was the first part and there would be stuff to follow. And it, it, not everyone... I guess, believe that up front, but we actually had to do that just to show that. And I think um, that allowed us to get more people involved in the next bit. So I think that was quite successful. Excellent. How about if we flip it around, a time when you've worked on an engagement where it hasn't gone so well, and what were the reasons for that? What did you learn out of it? Um, one particular comes to mind. It was, um, it was quite a big project, and I think there was an element of it that was under-resourced. And I think the way that came through was that the, the change program that was defined, or even, even the product, if, if it was, that was being developed, and, and the way it was being changed was very um, uniform. So the, the change was designed without the people in mind who'd be using it. And what that actually meant was the change program got rolled out with one cultural view and one country's view um, sort of pushing that or enforcing that upon everyone else within the company. And I think without having that um, appreciation for the cultural differences between the different aspects of the business, um, kind of parts of it went down like a lead balloon. Mm, we've all been there. <laughs> Nick, what's uh, your top three tips on workplace change? Oh, just three? Yeah. Um, I think... Firstly, it would be um, have, have a going-in approach. Know how you'd like to tackle it, but, but be ready to change when you have your first chat with someone about it. Um, I think probably the second one's probably, it's an old one, but it's a good one, and I think that's to put yourself in, in the shoes of the people you're asking to change or the people um, that are likely to be impacted and understand, I guess, the current pain points, but also really understand what that gap is for them right now and what are the motivations that can help them go through that gap. Um, listen to what's being said and not being said, I think. And I think to, I think to wrap up, um, one which really um, hit me a little while ago was to always remember that it's, it's not your change plan, <laughs> it's theirs. Okay, so in finalising this, wrapping it up, where do you go to to top up your knowledge and your practice uh, in change management? Um, I guess 
I actually go to things that are not necessarily change management sites and blogs. I, I've got um, quite a few things that I listen to on, on um, follow on LinkedIn. Um, but what I love to do is to see how the same thing, the same concept can have lots of different names. And I like to um, be able to draw those together. So um, I must say my go-to is LinkedIn mm -hmm. and, and looking at, um, I guess, the current thoughts and what people are working on um, that, I, that I choose to follow. So LinkedIn would be my go-to. Super. Nick Martin, that's been a lovely little sharp hit of change. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jane. If you enjoyed this shock, then do share with your colleagues and friends. You can find more at conversationsofchange.com.au, at Jen Fram on Twitter, or Conversations of Change on the Facebook.